Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Beijing Doctor Douchebag, Crash Gladys, Getting Crash Position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming off three. What's going on, Freak Nation? A big two hours for you coming from the Lucas Oil Studios. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, thank you guys for hanging out. The website, speedfreaks.tv. And, of course, you follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. As we're celebrating our 20 years of the Freaks, we're busting out some fairly uh, legendous pics and video, <laughs> including oh boy, a Crasher's interview with Carmen Electra 15 years ago from SEMA. Uh, yeah, 2005, Crasher. Yeah, and I'm just giving you a face right now. Like, mm-hmm. oh, that was just awful to re-listen to. Awful. And watch. Just awful in both regards. Just bad, period. Statman, I don't know if you had a chance to see that. Uh, do you remember, Crasher, interviewing the one and only Carmen Electra, former girlfriend of Dennis Rodman? I remember. Uh, I don't remember the content, but I remember her talking to her. I was just thinking if that was on the same weekend that Rodman <laughs> had to have some time off from the Bulls, maybe uh, Crash snuck in there and uh, had a little time with Carmen herself. Yeah, it was a decade later. Yeah, Carmen, who said that she had to hide underneath the sheets of the covers when Michael Jordan came knocking on the door in Las Vegas. Oh, there's Crash over there, too. I'm here, too. Hey, what's up, MJ? Oh. Last dance, what? Speaking of Freak Nation, we had Will Perdue, four-time NBA champion of three of those, with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. He, again, will be joining us in the second hour. Why not? We are a motorsports-based show, but damn it, a lot of motorsports fans are Michael Jordan fans and haters. But, of course, you're watching Last Dance. We'll get to... Will Purdue coming up. I mean, in quarantine life, to have a documentary as big as this has been is just huge. It's huge for all of us. It's giving us great content on a Sunday night, of course, after you listen to the Speed Freaks. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go on to watch The Last Dance. I get it. Uh, we're going to spend uh, some good minutes talking about NASCAR, who say NASCAR, they're going racing. They've got, what, Crasher, seven races in 11 days? Mm-hmm. That's the plan. We'll get to that. Your Statman Scat will also address that as well. Daniel Lust, sports attorney. He's got some crazy insight to sports coming back and fans coming back to the sports, including NASCAR. He'll and be joining us. the legal ramifications of doing so. Yes. The legal ramifications yep. of such. And we'll go to Las Vegas where our good friend Vegas Runner has some insight to possibly gambling on the numbers from NASCAR. And how you can make really good money just saying aside from those big those big ball games you know that super bowl thing and ncaa march madness yeah there's so much wise money in those genres of betting Mm -hmm. nascar especially now coming back is where you can make some serious coin stat man i know over the last decade or so you've given up drinking a whole lot of cognac but uh, with quarantine in effect are you uh, come on man are you drinking any more or just the same? I took the bottles out just this afternoon uh, yeah. on my way to go get some barbecue. Yeah. <laughs> you have a healthy recycle bin there full of yeah, glass I've bottles. I've got a recycle bin. Uh, you know, in fact, 
I got a call from security. They wanted to know where all those Remy bottles came from to make sure that I was still alive. They just wanted to make sure that I'd answer the door. <laughs> Sir, you doing okay? Yeah. Mr. Carruthers? <laughs> just checking. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, yeah. I always deer, was curious. The deer that was eating the bush last oh, the deer. week. You know, it stayed away uh, for a while, but it, when it came back, it knocked on the door and said, hey, what's happened to the good stuff from last week? I was just curious if you're going to, if we're, we're going to hear a story tonight about some venison, some little venison chili. No, no. I mean, the deer is cool. I mean, the deer keeps the grass in, in place and uh, keeps the bushes <laughs> trimmed. I just don't, you know, as long as it doesn't get upset that. The bush doesn't taste the same as it did before, <laughs> and it comes charging into the house, wanting some Doritos. <laughs> oh yeah, Freak Nation! It's um, when you've been doing this for twenty years, the things that come out of our, of, out, of out of our mouths. Uh, well, we've got them documented. Some of them on video too. That uh, as I download these shows to put up on social media. There might be a time where I'm going to text that man a picture of something. Go, do you mind if I no. put this up there, Stat? Or the same with Crasher. Like, oh my god! Cringe. Oh, it's it's uh, it is greatness. There's a, did, I, did I say this last week where I found the picture of the first time that James Bubba Stewart came in the Freak Nation? No, I found the picture. Oh gosh! Oh, he's just a baby. Oh yeah, just a freaking baby. All right, Freak Nation, we're going to resume with some affiliates. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes with all your iRacing events, including IndyCar, NASCAR, and Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series. It's all coming up. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Welcome again another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for being a part of this in Los Angeles. Thank you for being a part of the Freak Nation once again. KAVL in Los Angeles. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to GeneralTire.com. Check out the righteous rubber for your righteous ride. A big old fat truck, an SUV. You should be rolling for safety and security on those General Tires. Crasher? NASCAR raced a virtual Dover this afternoon and for the third time this season virtual season William Byron was the victor Byron is clearly the best when it comes to iRacing and even though today's race was caution filled he still had the best patience yes that matters and then tire strategy to snag the win at the virtual mile NASCAR made loads of news this week when they announced that they would return to real racing in two weeks May 17th is the start date at Darlington of course no fans in attendance Believe it or not, they are not the first sport to get back to normal. WWE and UFC have already been doing so, but they are also not the first racing series either. Lucas Oil's late model series will be back in Wheatland, Missouri on May 11th, and even earlier on May 8th, you can watch the World of Outlaws return at Knoxville, Iowa. Part-time real-world racer for Roger Penske, Scott McLaughlin, won an improbable IndyCar Challenge race at the virtual Indianapolis Motor Speedway on Saturday, and it was epic. With just two turns to go in the entire race, the top four were Marcus Erickson, Patricio Award, Oliver Askew, and Santino Ferrucci. None of them went on to win. Scott McLaughlin was in fifth, and Connor Daly was sixth. And after two wrecks in the final two turns, they found themselves 1-2 at the virtual brickyard. 
Tempers flared at the end of the final virtual IndyCar event. Uh, do yourself a favor. Check out a few of the drivers' social accounts for some humor about the animosity. So IndyCar had the wackiest last lap. It was the first lap that was wacky in the F1 virtual GP that surprised everyone as pole sitter Stoffel Van Dorn crashed right off the line, allowing Alex Albon to take the lead into turn one ahead of Charles Leclerc. And then Albon just hammered it home in an epic back and forth battle with Leclerc to snag the win on the virtual Interlagos circuit. Lucas Oil has been frequently showcasing virtual races on their Facebook page. Friday night was the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series, where even NASCAR star Greg Biffle was behind the wheel. But those veterans on the real-world tracks had nothing on the younger gamers, most of all, including full-time off-road kart racer Luke Nupp, who was wheeling a virtual Pro 4 and crushed the competition. Oh, did I mention? He's 13 years old. And coming up next the Freak Nation, grabbing him a two-spot in the IndyCar iRace at Indianapolis Motor Speedway yesterday, IndyCar driver Connor Daly. Next, Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Freak Nation, for over 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your everywhere. From the aggressive Mud Terrain Grabber X3 to the all-terrain performance of the Grabber ATX, even to the strong and durable all-purpose terrain Grabber APX, General Tire balances excellent on-road performance with off-road capabilities designed for all weather conditions. Remember, with General Tire, anywhere is possible. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com. Car not performing right, a dirty fuel system damages gas mileage and even your engine over time, but Lucas Fuel Treatment can clean and lubricate that fuel system, the fuel pump, fuel injectors, even carburetors and valves as you drive. It's designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Hey, it's Crasher from the Freaks, and what if I told you the best burger you can buy to cook on your grill or stovetop? It was available in your favorite grocery store. Well, it is, and it's Bubba Burger. Just how awesome does a sweet onion Bubba Burger sound about now? Oh, my favorite, jalapeno burgers, Angus burgers, all-natural Bubba Burgers. Watching your caloric intake? Then grab the reduced fat and the turkey Bubba Burgers, all in your local grocery store. When you need a delicious burger for your weekend cookout, the answer is Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality. 100% cotton available and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com and get awesome. Freak Nation, it's called No Kid Hungry, and that's what our friends at Lucas Oil would like to see happen during these times. No kid goes hungry. Many kids who got meals from their schools no longer have access due to school closures. So, Lucas Oil is donating a meal every time the No Kid Hungry post on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram is shared, along with the hashtag Lucas Oil Family. So go to the Lucas Oil social media pages, click share or retweet, and include the hashtag Lucas Oil Family, and Lucas Oil will donate a meal to No Kid Hungry. Got it? Let's do this. MAV-TV, your destination for all things motorsports. TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. MAV-TV televises off-road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and World Rally Championships, to name a few. MAV-TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows, such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. MAV-TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. 
Visit MavTV.com for more racing information and to demand your MavTV. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Lucas Oil Studios, Freak Nation, 20 years of this. Many affiliates, part of this big old thing, Sirius XM, SoundCloud, iTunes, your iHeartRadio app. You can't escape the freaks, man. Statman, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent. Connor Daly's been in the Freak Nation many times before, but not necessarily uh, from this point of view. Grabbed himself a two-spot at Indianapolis Saturday afternoon. And did it? was there any kind of an inkling of feeling like you actually grabbed a second place of the actual Indy 500 at all, Connor? <laughs> Uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> Not even. Uh, I mean, it was, you know, it was entertaining. I mean, I play a lot of video games in my life, and I, I do enjoy video game, you know, success, some some wins in the war zone, some wins in the, uh, you know, the, the iRacing world, which has obviously never happened. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, it was cool because, you know, we are out there competing against each other. Right? I mean, it's all the guys that, you know, we'll, I'll see on track at some point, hopefully this year. Um, so yeah, we all want to beat each other no matter what, but obviously things got a little, you know, hectic yesterday. It was a little interesting. Um, and we ended up second, so we'll take it. <laughs> He's screaming like a child. We got second! I just, that's the thing that has made iRacing so incredible for fans is Twitch feeds like yours. And even if people don't see your Twitch feed live, you post about them within a day or so. People have really dug you, Connor Daly, the fun guy, through all of this, haven't they? I mean, I hope so. I mean, I just try to, you know, from the beginning of this thing, I knew I wouldn't be competitive. Like, I'm not a sim racer. Even in the real Chevy simulator, um, you know, in Charlotte that we use for actual, you know, real development of our of our IndyCar setup, you know, it takes me a little while to get um, to get up to speed in that and just sort of get get into the uh the feel of a simulator it's it's, it's much closer to real life than, than what we have in iRacing but it's it's you know it's still not real life so i knew i wouldn't be competitive but i knew i had this opportunity to potentially build my brand a little bit more i mean I, i've been streaming on twitch for a long time um but no one i think was really forced into watching it because there's nothing else going on in the world so, <laughs> so now you know we have this this platform um, and it's a really engaging platform, to be honest. Twitch has done a great job with, with how they can, you know, have fans interact with, you know, with us. Um, and, and yeah, I think from, from day one, you know, I wanted to try it out and I knew I could potentially interact with some, some new fans or some of my current fans in a, in a, in a better way. And, and I think that's how it went. And I, you know, I'm really happy with realistically what it all resulted in. Was the racing tough at times? Yeah. Was it? Was it frustrating and 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 angering? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, but to finish it sort of on a strong note, and I think for for everyone that was supporting the stream, that was really fun, and it was just it was just a good way to finish it out. I'm going to want to get into the anger side of running in the I race yesterday for IndyCar pilot Connor Daly coming up in moments. But first, I want you to share with the Freak Nation this high dollar, multi million dollar I rig setup that you have. <laughs> In what the kitchen of a of a Waffle House? What what the hell? <laughs> what, what's your setup? 
kitchen of Waffle House. That sounds great. <laughs> right. There's, there's, at least there's delicious food around and stuff like that. I, could, I haven't even turned my home on in three years. But it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's in my guest room. Uh, you know, I set up a desk up there uh, when I moved in uh, to play Xbox and stuff like that because I like video games. And then I, you know, got a computer from Main Gear. They designed it like my helmet. I thought that was really cool. But I'll probably never really play many computer games. But here we are. Uh, playing computer games every weekend. Logitech sent me a steering wheel and pedals that's been sitting in my room for a year, uh, unopened, and I, I finally opened it up and and hooked it all up to the computer and figured out that I probably uh, need a more stable chair that one than one that rotates and leans back. Um, and so I got my kitchen <laughs> table chair uh, from IKEA that's downstairs. And uh, yeah, move that up, put a blanket down so it wasn't quite as rough on my um, on my body. And that's pretty much it. Like it's, it's there's nothing exciting about the setup at all. Uh, it does not promote great road racing, but it you know we can do so we can do okay on the oval. So that uh, we we tried to make it work yesterday. Clearly, Connor Daly second at the First Responders 175 IndyCar iRacing event on Saturday. Connor Daly joining us in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night. And it's just, okay, let's get into those emotions. There were a lot of posts over the last, I'd say, two weeks. We as fans could tell that the emotions were rising in and amongst you guys as drivers and with this iRacing thing and and getting frustrated at other drivers just being reckless, careless. So where do you stand? Where is Connor Daly? Are you glad this is done, that the six-race series is now done for IndyCar? Or would you entertain doing more of these in the future with maybe a a little bit better ruling. Uh, it's a tough question, honestly. I mean, I think no matter what, we're going to do more. Like a lot of us drivers are already scheduled to do a couple more oval races, um, <clears throat> like one at Daytona on Wednesday, and then mm. one at Fontana, like on May tenth or something. But it's more of a, it, it, you know, there's there's some sim racers in that league, and it's not, you know, it's obviously not on NBC. Um, so it, it's just tough because you know we tried. We we're all very competitive. I think there were a lot of people that the, the people that overreacted or got mad at one another, I think that was fairly predictable, but like in Will Power's case, if you've won the IndyCar championship in the Indy 500, you can call people wankers. Like it, it that's <laughs> fine. But, but if you're like Santino and you haven't won anything and got kicked out of a continent, like you can't be, don't be a, just don't be mean. Like just don't, don't say dumb things. Like just, just don't do that. Like it's just, you can't, I don't know. There was a lot of a lot of things about them that I think it's, it's just a, a shame that it looked bad for us in general. But I think there was a lot of good things that came out of it as well. I think there was a lot of uh, fan engagement. I think you know, seeing so many different drivers streaming, you know, on different platforms, whether it was Facebook, Twitch, um, you know, however however you wanted to do it on the internet, um, I think was really cool. So I'll do more i racing, I think, but only ovals. Um, and you know, I, I think should we do it? on our regular race weekends as well. Yeah, I think we should. I think each team should have an esports team as well to get, you know, young young video game superstars involved and, and, and people uh, you know, people like that because it keeps, you know, keeps kids really entertaining. It could be something that kids could get into and find their way into racing. 
Connor Daly, follow me here a minute. We've got guys that run an iRacing all their lives. They might be 14 or 15, but they've been doing this for 16 or 17 years. Is it good for the series to have guys come on board, like you go to a karting track and people want to race you there? Is it good for the series? Is it good for the regular drivers to compete against guys and let them feel their oats, knowing that they've raced against some of the best in the world? Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I mean, most of the reason why, you know, all of us didn't want to have this, uh, you know, IndyCar series really open to anyone else other than, you know, professional drivers is because we would definitely all get destroyed by it, like sim racing kids. You know what I mean? Like we, we know we would get, um, you know, we'd get killed by guys who are doing this all the time. So uh, it is fun to race against those guys because they're really, really good. And in some of the other leagues that we've done races in, you know, there's some really good sim racers out there that, you know, show up and, and destroy us. But, um, you know, that's, that's just part of the game. And, uh, it's, it, it would be cool to see those guys, you know, going at it every weekend, you know, maybe some of us jump into it as well uh, alongside of real life, but there's definitely a lot we can do with esports that we really haven't done yet. Um, but I hope, I hope we do in the future. We've got a 13 year old next hour on on this show. He won the Lucas Oil off-road race Friday night. He's run nothing bigger than a cart in the off-road series, yet he's running a big boy truck in Friday night's race and beating dudes three and even four times his age. Beating Greg Biffle. Greg Biffle <laughs> and other other dudes. So I, I kind of like that from a fan standpoint, seeing these these young, newly developed teenagers kicking some ass. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's, there's a lot of that going on in the world. You know, I think there's been that has been happening for quite a few years and i pay attention to it only because i'm i'm a man of the internet and i like to see you know what's going on i like video games i like to see you know esports i like to see all that stuff um but now everyone's sort of forced to look into it and forced to see it and a lot of these guys are getting a lot of you know great exposure for stuff that they've been doing for a long time they've been you know destroying you know people twice their age they've been really good at you know doing all this stuff and, and I'm glad that a lot of, you know, a lot of kids, you know, coming up in the racing ranks are getting that type of, uh, you know, exposure. Connor Daly came out second in that wild finish in the IndyCar race, virtual race at Indianapolis Motor Speedway Saturday. Connor, this is turning out to be quite a show for people that want to follow the IndyCar series. Can it possibly turn into a real part of the race teams where sponsors get on board and drivers compete regularly and it becomes a virtual league, maybe? Well, I think we've certainly started, um, you know, that, that conversation um, you know, we had literal video game races broadcast on NBC. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really cool. Um, but, you know, right now IndyCar is the only series without like an eSports series. You know, Formula One, all the Formula One teams have eSports drivers. All the NASCAR teams, or most of them, have eSports drivers. You know what I mean? So IndyCar, I, I mean, we got to realize IndyCar is smaller. Like, we don't have the staff or the people or, or the money to really – you know, have a bunch of extra projects going on. We're trying to, you know, make sure that our real product is the best it can be and our events are promoted the right way and, and you know, get the get the real series, you know, on, on its continual rise that it's on. Connor Daly is in the Speed Freaks pits. Connor, it's so crazy across the country right now. States are reopening. Some are taking a wait-and-see attitude. How is this affecting IndyCar? Could we possibly see the series return in texas or what are you seeing what are you hearing uh, it's honestly hard to say i mean I, I i think i'm pretty optimistic about texas um i think 
you know, as we've seen from what NASCAR wants to do, uh, you know, they're definitely, you know, sort of, they're definitely getting things going. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, how that works out. But, uh, but I, I, I think we can, I mean, I'm confident in, in, in our series representatives and, you know, Roger Penske, Mark Miles, those guys, uh, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to put people in harm's way. Uh, you know, if they, you know, if, if they, if they see that there could be, you know, some issues. So I'm, I'm confident in, you know, in their leadership. Um, and if, you know, if we get down to Texas and we're going racing, I can't wait. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm so tired of not doing anything. <laughs> so uh, I think, I think most people are just going a little crazy and we all need to do something. So it's getting warm out in Indiana now. It feels life is sort of feeling like it's getting a little bit, you know, there's, there's a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel, I think. Um, and I, I, I do, I respect, you know, a lot of this community in Indianapolis. You know, I think everyone has done a really good job in respecting, you know, the, the rules of the road or the rules of the world, you know, the social distancing and staying home and all that stuff. So um, I, I hope that it, you know, works out in the long run. And we're, once we get rolling in Texas, we can roll into the, you know, 15 race or whatever, whatever it is scheduled that we've got. And truth to the rumor that Lunchables will be your new sponsor because of how you've just adorned them through this quarantine? Well, after sliding into their DMs multiple times, uh, no deal has been confirmed yet. So uh, it's a shame because I think they're missing out on a great marketing opportunity. And uh, I'm definitely open to, uh, you know, to endorsements and uh, potential, uh, you know, seven to 12 figure deals. Who knows? (laughs) Hey, can you get monkey, can you get monkey butt during an iRacing event? I think there's a lot of sweat being generated during these uh, events, more so than you might think. Right. There's not a lot of airflow in a stagnant room with uh, with nothing going on. So uh, monkey butt, whatever that is, uh, and all kinds of sweat in different areas, that is absolutely uh, what happens during eSport events. <laughs> Go ask your buddy Chad Reed what monkey butt is. Unfortunately, anybody who rides motorcycles or rides bikes, they know. Oh, absolutely. Chad, you know, that guy, what a legend. I think the best part about this whole quarantine process is the fact that for some reason I've now been playing video games every week with Travis Pastrana and Chad Reed. If you would have asked 14-year-old me if he would be doing that, I'd be like, you're insane. So that is potentially the coolest part of about the last month and a half. Uh, and those guys are awesome and also just heroic individuals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Connor Daly, IndyCar Series pilot, grabbed him a two-spot yesterday at Indianapolis Motor Speedway's iRacing event. Brother, thanks for doing this. We all hope to get back to racing sometime soon. Hey, thank you, guys. Anytime. You got cool. it. Thanks, Connor. Someone that is back to racing, and we've heard the announcement. It's, of course, NASCAR. That's next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Good evening, my fellow citizens. To provide guidance to mankind. It's so sad to read reports of the NASCAR plans to resume racing May 17th at Darlington. There was some thought that the races would run pit stop free, but apparently not only will there be pit stops, but the races could be run at full distance. There's even talk that the Coca-Cola 600 will run to term. Some of those races drone on for five hours or more. 
According to Racer.com, the one concession to cutting back on the race weekend is to drop practice and qualifying for the first few races. That would make the early events one-day shows with no fans. Of course, these early leaks may be trial balloons designed to test reactions from government officials, broadcasters, and fans. Few care what I think, but these early reports are, in a word, disappointing. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Nation coming up, Daniel Lust, sports attorney, insider. This guy's got crazy insight to sports law 
the returning of sports and the returning of fans to sports. He'll be joining us in about 10 minutes here in the Freak Nation. Let me put this out there. And we talked about this uh, on our daily show last week. I'm going to be hypothetical Harry here, okay? okay. Statman had a scat uh, questioning the res- resumption of NASCAR coming up here in a couple of weeks. Statman, why should I care about the health of NASCAR teams and drivers and pit crew members when I just want to see some racing? Why, why do I give a damn? Because all those people are going to come back to the uh, Safeway, Kroger, Piggly Wiggly near you and sneeze and take you down. Yeah, Kenny, you're a human being. Mm-hmm. You care because you don't want to see any more lives destroyed from this invisible virus. I mean, it's been handled wrong from the beginning. I'm not talking about just in America. I'm talking about from day one, patient zero in China. It's been handled incorrectly. Why are why is NASCAR smarter than our health executives, our health professionals in this country? You just don't want to see it handled wrong in any other way. You don't want to see any other lives affected, period, because you have a heart and you have a head and you're human and you want to see people be okay. You're telling me that UFC, NASCAR, WWE, the PGA, uh, they're smarter than us? No, I'm saying they're they're not smarter than us, necessarily. It, it just takes common sense. They're also, they're seemingly believing that they're smarter than, like I just said, our health professionals in this country. No, you're not. Let, put it this way. Georgia was the first state to officially open up, not everything, but most of their, their, their storefronts to the general public. One week to the day of Georgia reopening, they presented 1,000 new confirmed cases in a 24-hour span. I think the health professionals were trying to prevent that. Now you've got South Carolina and North Carolina when it comes to NASCAR, because you're going to have races in Darlington and in Charlotte. South Carolina just reopened again this weekend. We'll see where they stand in one week. Do we really think that Darlington is going to happen on May 17th? That's another question that needs to go out there. If Georgia has this spike in cases, what says South Carolina is not going to have the same? Statman, here's a question for you, and this isn't Harry talking. I'm still going to be surprised if they actually do go racing. I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Not at all. I think that... They are itching to get uh, some money back in the till, uh, and the only way they could get that money is to uh, not have to give it back to the networks for races that have been canceled or moved. So even if they run races without fans, which they've kind of done <laughs> in the last five years, the fans have decided, I don't care about this anymore. So uh, they've got to get they got to get their business rolling. They need to get their business rolling. Health, in my opinion, people's lives, their health, everything is much more important than the freaking bottom dollar. But I get it. I see that that's what's happening as people become extremely restless at this point of where we are in the pandemic. But listen to this quote. This I think it just kind of says it from both sides. The virus will continue to spread and still presents a very real and serious threat to our people, said Governor Henry McMaster of South Carolina. But I believe in South Carolinians and their ability to act wisely and safely. We are a strong, resilient, compassionate people who care for one another and will act in the best interest of our state as a whole. So you're basically admitting that the virus will continue to spread. But what's, what matters for the best interest of your state as a whole is to get NASCAR back there and to get other businesses back there and to get 
more dollars in people's pockets. Got it. Got it. And not only that, but they're talking about running, what is it, seven races in 11 days? Yeah. So on top of everything else, you're going to get immune systems that are run down from fatigue, and they're going to be more susceptible to whatever they come in contact with, including the coronavirus, uh, as they go forward. And it'll spread it then to people in the neighborhood, people they come in contact with. You talk about sneezing and, you know, we've been having this six foot barrier between one person and another that's supposed to be working in our isolation time, our self-quarantine time on the the errands that we have to run. You just have to keep that six foot distance. But we've also talked sneezes and coughs like you just referenced. They can go 20 to 26 feet. What does six feet really do? So NASCAR parking the haulers and the motorhomes six feet from each other, what does that really do? I get that on paper that makes NASCAR look like they're taking the proper precautions. But again, who has ever said that six feet, a a distance of six feet between two people actually works? I don't know what goes through some people's heads. 96% of the time, I don't know what goes on. In my head. <laughs> well, that's your head, yes. I'm uh, I'm not a big fan of this. I'm not I, and I'm, I'm going to stick by my original statement. I will be surprised if NASCAR pulls this off. I will, too. There was a very prominent PR person from NASCAR, especially from the heyday, who tweeted right after this announcement late, earlier this week, okay, I'll be the first one in line for when NASCAR announces their first driver, crew person, or owner who contracts this virus. I'll be waiting for that announcement. That's basically what they tweeted. Okay, Freak Nation, Daniel Lust, sports law attorney with insight to sports returning, NASCAR returning, and fans returning. It's coming up. Lucas Oil Studios, Speed Freaks Pits. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. After your engine, the transmission is the second most important component of your car. If you maintain it, it will shift properly and get you down the road without problems. But if you don't maintain it, problems are coming your way. Lucas Transmission Fix can clean and lubricate sticking valves and renew worn bands to make your transmission shift properly and stop leaking. It's compatible with all transmissions and transmission fluids lucas transmission fix it works hey you want the easiest car care ever right there's a couple lucas oil products you got to get your hands on one lucas slick mist fast and easy speed wax two tire and trim shine and three interior detailer it's better than anything on the market so this is what you do you spray the speed wax on a wet or dry surface you wipe it off and you're done you think you can handle that Lucas Interior Detailer rejuvenates interiors, and Lucas Tires and Trim Shine does wonders on tires and wheels. Lucas Slick Mist. It's easy. It works. Go to lucasoil.com for more information. Hey, it's Crasher from the Freaks. If someone's cooking burgers, I want a unique flavor, and there's only one that truly hits the spot. Bubba Burgers Jalapeno or Sweet Onion Burgers, and it's straight from your local grocery store. There's even reduced fat and turkey Bubba Burgers. How about an Angus Bubba Burger? Basically, there's not a better burger to throw on the grill for your weekend parties than a tasty 
juicy mouthful of Bubba Burger. Again, available in your grocery store. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Despain, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. Freak Nation, you're always open to a party, right? Well, Lucas Oil can satisfy your party, Jones, with the Lucas Oil Tailgate Party. It's a daily Facebook campaign dedicated to you, the race fan who's stuck at home. And yeah, you need a racing fix. It's free racing every day at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Lucas Oil's Facebook page. You'll find circle and oval track racing like ARCA and Modifieds, Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series, Lucas Oil American Sprint Car Series, and much more. So head to Lucas Oil's Facebook page, give it a big thumbs up, and get free racing every day. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Good to get this guy back to the Freak Nation. Daniel Lust, a national sports law analyst. You can hear him on Fox Sports, CBS Sports, ESPN, sports attorney with Goldberg Sagala Law Firm, sports entertainment law newsletter as well. He's joining us. We want to talk to him about a couple of things. One is Major League Baseball is still considering trying to get back on the diamond, and they've got this 10 to 12 states, specifically I want to say Arizona, uh, Florida, Texas, and others, to where they want to bring back at least a limited number of games to get the 2020 season underway. Uh, There's the Arizona plan, the tri-state plan, but Daniel, how can they really, really consciously make this thing work? Yeah, so uh, first of all, thanks, guys, for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Um, and I, I think, uh, you know, when it comes to baseball across the sports landscape, I think baseball probably has the best shot at, at coming back, uh, you know, relatively maybe a little bit of a truncated schedule. But, you know, for the most part, um, you know, at a higher level, what is baseball, right? Baseball is pretty conducive to social distancing, right? <laughs> Second baseman's not so close to the first baseman, shortstop third. There's only a couple instances where you're really going to have um, a portion of the game where you're going to have some type, you know, social distancing issues, right? When the, the, the batter and, you know, runners being held on base. But other than that, you can kind of manage this. So that's the, the bigger issue, right? Football and, and basketball are more contact sports. So those are going to face separate issues that they, they really can't really work that around the game. Now, in that context, we're hearing a lot of positive signs about baseball. I guess the Importantly, baseball is being played in Taiwan uh, in a professional league. We're watching the clips. There's no masks, and they're able to do that. Um, so that's, that's very important. When it comes to domestic baseball, right, there's the Arizona plan. Uh, there's this tripartite plan or this tri-state plan, you can call it. It's, uh, you know, Florida, New York, Arizona. Uh, sorry, uh, Florida, uh, Arizona, and Texas. Um, but now there's this new report that comes from Ken Rosenthal that there is a, there is a world where we could have kind of some semblance of home stadiums, right, 10 to 12 stadiums, or 10 mm-hmm. to 12 states with, with 20 stadiums. So um, I think it's doable. I think it's a, it's a very positive sign. I mean, at the end of the day, what, what uh, you know, President Trump has said, that states are allowed to call their own shot as to when, it's, when people are comfortable, um, you know, in terms of allowing sports as a central business. So we're seeing that, right, uh, in Florida, and now Georgia's kind of opening up. So when it comes to baseball, it looks like they're following that lead. They're going to say, you know what, 
if one state in particular allows us to be there, we're going to be there. Um, and I guess just one note, um, the NFL, uh, just, to, just to make sure everyone's getting the full landscape, the NFL is not really saying that. The NFL is saying that no one team can go back to their facility until the states for all 32 teams are allowed to go back. So we're oh. seeing definitely a dichotomy between baseball and football. At Sports Law Lust, Daniel Lust, sports attorney joining us here in the Freak Nation. You being attorney, I mean, you can relate to this because this is your, your job is for protection and, of course, to represent. Let's just say, hypothetical, that one of these players does have the virus. It's transmitted to another player. A player transmits it to a spouse, a child, a parent, and that person dies. I mean, that's hypothetical, but it can happen. Do you think uh, the commissioner wants that on his watch? No, I mean, of, of course not. That's that's probably, you know, it's every family, it's every, yeah. and, you know, when it comes to sports, every sports commissioner's, you know, worst nightmare. Um, you know, so I, it, it is a hypothetical in the one sense, right, because sports have been shut down. But we are seeing these lawsuits around the country. The, the most notable one, uh, a Walmart employee died and, and sued Walmart for not giving them proper protections at work. So this isn't some fictitious world we live in. These lawsuits are already happening. Um, so... You know, I, I think it's it's important to note, right? We not we don't really have a blueprint, you know, a, a blue plan to look at and say uh, this is what happened the last time there was a pandemic in the world, and this is how sports came back because it's it's never happened. The closest maybe model we have of this um, is really a hundred years ago when there was the Spanish flu epidemic. Uh, there's some stories that you know the World Series was played during this, and there's some really cool uh, kind of grainy photos of players playing in masks, but. It's 100 years ago, right? We knew mm-hmm. we know a lot more about kind of disease prevention today. Um, so when it comes to how teams and leagues are going to manage this potential liabilities, potential exposure, we're seeing a lot of interesting uh, concepts come out. Uh, the one that I saw yesterday that came out, um, that stadiums are right now considering the, the feasibility of removing stands from stadiums and making, you know, trying to create a scenario where you could sit in a block of four seats and there would be no other seats within six feet of you. So obviously that's going to you know, lose some revenue because you're losing seats. And there's a whole another complex issue with what that does for season ticket holders. Um, but that's just one level of how teams could be kind of trying to mitigate this risk and creating a safer space for fans to, you know, to your point, Kenny, to avoid a worst-case scenario. To, so God forbid if a lawsuit does come in, teams can say and leagues can say, hey, we went above and beyond, and this is something we could not control. Daniel Luss is joining us here in the Freak Nation. Daniel, it would seem to be a big legal argument about catching the bug from someone else. That two-week incubation period for the virus uh, would make it hard to prove if I caught it and I wanted to blame NASCAR for giving it to me. That's that's a great point. Um, And when it comes down to the actual case law, so it would be under a theory of negligence. The team or the stadium didn't do enough to protect the player. So that's kind of one half of it, right, if the team was negligent in their protection. Um, one of the other key elements is causation. Uh, and to your point, right, what we, the little we know about this virus still, we, I mean, almost two months in, we still are learning things about this. Right? We don't know what it can come from. That's why we're saying six feet, because it can, in theory, come just by standing next to a person, not even touching them. So there is an inherent difficulty and almost a near impossibility to show exactly where you, you know, and contracted this. And I think, you know, now going back two months to when this thing all first started with Rudy Gobert and the Utah Jazz, there was a narrative populating Twitter and social media 
that maybe Donovan Mitchell was going to sue Rudy Gobert because he gave him coronavirus, right? Because he was touching all the right. mics and, and being a little careless in that context. But, you know, at the end of the day, right, we don't know where Donovan Mitchell got this, right? He could have, he, he was doing something for two weeks before. He was at a casino when they played the Celtics. So it kind of speaks to this inherent, you know, impossibility of knowing exactly where you got this from. So there might be lawsuits at the end of the day, but I think, um, you know, when I was talking about this risk prevention, it's also kind of a P- PR management. So I think that's another element of this. Daniel, it looks like NASCAR could be the one that's really moving forward, moving ahead. They're not one of the big four, baseball, football, hockey, and basketball, but they are moving forward, trying to get their season uh, resumed uh, by the middle of May. Sure, uh, and I think it's important. I mean, I saw the same North Carolina you know, uh, context you guys did. Um, the other news today, across the world, completely different context. It's just important to see how, how everyone's treating this. Uh, France's prime minister came out and said, there's going to be no sports. It's not even just no fans. There are no sports whatsoever until September. So that's wow. France's, you know, they have less cases than they have domestically here. So this is important to note, as much as we're seeing positive traction, there are other people around the world that are treating this a lot differently. Um, so in terms of when we could expect fans to be back, I, I will say this, which, I mean, I, I'm not an expert. I don't profess to be anything on, on you know, disease control. Um, but last I checked, there were odds and some offshore accounts on whether there would be fans in place for the first NFL game of the season. Um, and those were, you know, not, not to get exactly, but those were around, uh, we'll say minus 110, right around even money for S- September, you know, right around when football season is supposed to start, whether there'd be fans in the stands. So I think that's probably your, your best bet. And, I'm, again, uh, just kind of speaking to these, these different time frames we're getting, I mean, that's outside of CDC's guidance of that, you know, this – uh, these non-social gathering rules. Um, and again, too, we're seeing social distancing laws kind of wound back in some of these states. So if you kind of follow that trend and you kind of look at how the curve is flattening, September, I mean, that's, that's I guess, realistic. But, you know, if anyone were to tell you they knew it exactly, they would just be making that up because, you know, I know as much as anybody else knows at this point. <laughs> Daniel Lust, National Sports Law Analyst. You can hear him on Fox Sports, CBS Sports, ESPN. And Daniel, we're in such a cancel culture society, good, bad, or indifferent, that any fan dies associated with a sport, it's going to be a worst-case scenario for any of those sports. But then again, how can you prove it? You can't. I, I, I don't. But I just that's why I said associated with it that if. If, if Jane Doe goes to a Utah Jazz-Houston Rockets game, she comes down with COVID-19 a week later and dies, she went to that game. I'm not saying it came from that game. And, again, I'm, I'm being an attorney here. Worst case scenario, <laughs> this could happen. So that's, I understand why France wants to shut it down. So I, I, I see what you're saying, and I think the, the point in this, too, if you have a scenario, right, like we saw, guys, the, um, the Las Vegas mayor, she wanted to – you know, have this control group and, and have the casinos up and running. If you have a scenario where, where people's jobs are running and there's a context where there's going to be a lot of people kind of coming in and out, um, you're inherently, whether or not you're liable legally in court, you might be said to have been putting people in harm's way. Mm-hmm. So even with these sports coming back, let's not even talk about fans for a second. Um, there's different studies, you know, a lot of them in European soccer, but to come back, even just essential personnel, right, you know, the medical staff, and, the, you know, the kind of broadcasting partners to put this to game on, it's going to be in, in the vicinity of a couple hundred people, maybe 100 to 200 people in the stadium. And that's just talking about players, coaches, medical staff. Um, so 
you're, you're in theory putting those people in a situation where they could be hurt, uh, let alone um, someone like a fan, and that's obviously increasing the numbers. So I think you have to kind of keep in mind, Ian, to, to Crash's point, I don't know if you could ever win on a lawsuit just because causation is so hard. But, um, you know, we were talking about these tickets, right, these, the, the season tickets and whether that could come back. Major League Baseball was sued uh, about a week ago at this point for not giving fans refunds. And I don't even know if that lawsuit could have been successful because it was so early in the process. But it still made Major League Baseball look bad that they weren't giving refunds so quickly. And now, a week later, Major League Baseball is coming out and, and changing the stance. So to both you guys' point, it's one thing to win on a lawsuit. It's the other thing to take a giant PR hit that you're the first team or first league to get sued for a possible uh, infection to a fan. So hmm. no one wants to be the first major sports league to come back. Um, and that's, that's kind of the hesitancy that people are going to have to get over. And these sports commissioners are going to have to get over because sports are going to have to return at some point. It's just a matter of when and, and which sport. It sounds like NASCAR is going to be the first if we – I mean, I know they're not one of the big four, but it sounds like they're moving forward for mid-May as, as hard as they can. And I see the PGA Tour as well. I know there's some dates in June, but again, you know, NASCAR uh, and the PGA Tour are a little bit different, right? You can have a NASCAR event when you're social distancing, right? You're in your car. Um, it's a little bit different, right? Golf is a little bit different. Once you start talking about baseball and then you get into more of these team sports, it's a little tougher. So if you're asking me just kind of understanding the legal liability and risk, you know, risk avoidance measures, NASCAR is probably a good bet to be the first to come back. Uh, and the PGA Tour. And I, I will say, guys, in, important on, on the NASCAR level, right, there's no players association. So That's there's right. no union fighting, you know, no traditional union fighting for, um, you know, drivers to stay off, off the, you know, the track. So hmm. it's a little bit different than, right, where Major League Baseball, where you see a guy like Mike Trout um, or Clayton Kershaw who don't want to leave their families and mm -hmm. play in the strict bubble, whatever this would look like. Um, and you don't really have the same kind of forces on the other end on the labor side for NASCAR. So that's another reason that you might see NASCAR come back before one of these traditional team sports. It's so interesting you bring that up because former champion Martin Truex Jr., his girlfriend, is a cancer survivor with a very suppressed immune system right now. And she's been very vocal on social media saying, no, I don't want Martin Truex in the environment of every single team in the garages together if somebody were to contract something and he brings it home to me. So, yeah, you're right. They don't have a, an association, a union to protect them. But I know that he is probably one of the drivers that is like, this doesn't make me comfortable, but there's nothing he can do. So I'll give you kind of one nugget on that, which I do think is interesting, right? We, we haven't seen this play out because sports aren't really occurring. A similar version of that happened in, in WWE a couple weeks back. Roman Reigns is their main, uh, one of their main stars, previously diagnosed with leukemia. So it's, you know, a little bit different, obviously, but someone with a pre-existing, you know, um, issue. Roman Reigns is supposed to headline WrestleMania in some way, shape, or form. And before the event, he said, you know what, I'm not comfortable wrestling. I'm not comfortable competing. I'm at bigger risk than somebody else might be. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say that exactly, but he, he right. dropped out for this reason. Um, and what did, you know, WWE do? Did they fire him? No. Did they suspend him or something like that? No. They just said, when you're comfortable to come back, you can come back. And there's no report that his pay was docked or anything like that. So for someone like Martin Truex Jr., that might be what happens, right? Mm -hmm. The sport can progress. Uh, and, you know, if you don't want to play, you're not comfortable with that risk tolerance. That's one thing. Completely different story if you get fined, suspended, you lose your, your, you know, your ability to make a living. So interesting to watch. Um, again, WWE, another, another league with no type of union. So um, I think that's probably a good parallel when it comes to NASCAR. Wow. <laughs> At Sports Law Lust here in the Freak Nation, Daniel Lust. He's got Lust. great stuff on Twitter. Give him a follow. Yeah. Absolutely. Daniel, thank you for doing this, buddy. Stay safe. Thanks, guys. Always fun. And you too. On that note, Crasher, 
I think that's a great point that he brought up. I think it would be series, bad choice of words, series suicide if Joe Gibbs, NASCAR, said, okay, well, then Martin Truex, screw you. You're fired. Oh, forget it. If that happened. We were just talking about a bad PR hit. Talk about a bad PR hit. If Roman Reigns was fired from the WWE, Uh -uh. we've been through so many things we would say would never happen. That just can't happen, though. But there's a difference between Martin Truex Jr. and Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns doesn't have five or six big-time sponsors counting on him to get their name out there. Martin Truex Jr. does. So regardless of whether he feels comfortable or not coming back into a situation with a pandemic going Mm -hmm. around and possibly bringing that back to his girlfriend with a suppressed immune system, he might not have as much of a choice as Roman did in the WWE. And we know that Bass Pro is one of his sponsors. Yeah. Don't don't you think the backlash, if if it came out that Bass Pro said, Martin Truex, you get in the car or we're pulling our sponsorship, don't you think there'd be backlash from that? Absolutely. Absolutely. But then again, another level to this, it, okay, take the sponsors away from it. It's the fact of he's going for a championship. He sits out races. He's not eligible. That's why, and I, I want sports back as bad as the next guy. Doing a two-hour radio show five days, actually six Six days days a week, you need content. And we are creating content. We've created 15, 16 minutes of this conversation with an interview. That's great. Over no content. We want sports back just like the next guy. Coming up in the second hour of the Freaks in the Lucas Oil Studios, Will Perdue, three-time NBA champion with the Chicago Bulls and Michael Jordan. He'll be joining us. And 13-year-old who won the Lucas Oil off-road race Friday night, putting a beat down on dudes twice and three times his age. Second hour of the Freaks from the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.
You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire. It's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. With Kenny Sargent, Paging Dr. Douchebag, Crash Gladys, Get in crash position, and Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. Coming off three. Second hour of the Freaks. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Will Purdue. Three NBA championships with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. He'll be joining us this hour. Uh, last Sunday night, he came in here and just shared some crazy information and insight in regards to Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan at one time owned a superbike team. Uh, we replayed that interview last week with Michael Jordan talking about running a superbike team. You can go to speedfreaks.tv to listen to that bad boy. So, figure, why not? Last Dance, still one of the most popular shows on TV right now. So, Will Purdue coming back this hour in the Freak Nation. And Vegas Runner with some insight to Las Vegas and the numbers that may be uh, sitting there for you if NASCAR goes back to live racing, what they intend to do. And during some of our downtime, I think, uh, Richie, you brought up a good point in regards to Matt Kenseth taking the seat of one young Kyle Larson in the 42 with Chip Ganassi. What was the question that you asked, Richard? Yeah, so it was based around the fact that something you guys bring up on the show all the time, which is how NASCAR has an issue with marketing their young drivers, especially in the last you know five or six years post Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s retirement. I asked, why did they decide to go with Matt Kenseth, who hasn't driven a car in the last two seasons, as opposed to going with somebody who is like they think might be the next big thing in NASCAR? I thought it was fascinating that they decided to go with an older driver as opposed to a younger driver. Statman, you want that one? Yeah, I, I, I think NASCAR motor racing in general is so dependent on sponsor money that I would assume that Chip Ganassi ran some names by the sponsors of that car, including McDonald's and some other people, Coca-Cola maybe, uh, that if – if it was okay to put these people in the car, and they probably decided on Matt Kenseth because he's not going to crash the car. He's going to keep it out there a long time. And even though he's been on the sidelines for a while, he's going to be out there in the race, and people are going to talk about him and therefore talk about their sponsorship. Hmm. Yeah, it's so many people wanted Ross, well, people inside the series and fans inside the series wanted Ross Chastain because he's the one who was well, basically slated to be the next one for that 42. It's just, it is a shame, Richie. It's such a valid point. Yeah, sponsors, sponsorship dictates so much in motor racing, but, man, to put a 48-year-old in there and not consider one of the younger guys who could really jumpstart his career, who's been working his butt off over the last couple of years in the truck and Xfinity series and possibly some late models. Yeah, it does seem completely unfair. You're supposed to be able to fill seats with younger generation. I, I just, I'm not a huge fan of this either. Yet I am a huge Matt Kenseth fan, but I'm still not a fan of. But him at the same time, seat. what what Kyle Kyle Larson, what he did, what he said, he was eliminated from that team almost immediately. Mm-hmm. It took one wave and then bam, he's gone. 
don't you want to put someone in that seat that is a known winning driver that doesn't really have outside of taking taking out Joey Logano in one of those controversial <laughs> takedowns? Don't you want Matt Kenseth, who's perceived to be quite vanilla, in a seat that's that's the furthest away from offending any sponsors moving forward? Statman Crasher. Good point. Yeah, that that's Good the point. point entirely. That they want somebody who's not going to be offensive, who's going to be competitive, who's going to uh, raise some conversation from the booth, uh, and all uh, 10 people in the grandstands are going to cheer for him when he goes by. So, uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't know who else was on the list that was given to the sponsors, but uh, it makes sense that Kenseth would get the job over uh, Chastain. And how funny that almost just an hour or so, just minutes after the announcement of Matt Kenseth taking over the 42, there's a headline, NASCAR expects explosive ratings when they return to race, and this is when it was just speculated they would return in mid-May, when they return to racing with Ryan Newman and Matt Kenseth back behind the wheel. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, wait a minute. This was planned a little more than just as suddenly as we expected. Which, by the way, I know we got to go to uh, resume with some other affiliates. I saw the ratings for the iRacing from, from SF, FS1 and Fox. Those are crazy ratings for, uh, for iRacing. Yeah. There are I mean, Major League Soccer would love to have those type of ratings for live freaking soccer, hockey, NBA. It's, uh, people are wanting their GDAM motorsports, man. And if iRacing's filling the void, it's uh, holy smokes. Then keep it at iRacing, like we alluded to the first oh, hour. Come on. Uh, Going to resume with some affiliates and get into some Crash Gladys pit news and notes. It's all coming up. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studios. Speed Freaks. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. The Freaks. Welcome again to another round of affiliates here in the Freak Nation. Thank you guys for being a part of this in Los Angeles. Thank you for being a part of the Freak Nation once again. KAVL in Los Angeles, part of the Freak Nation. Crash Gladys Pit News and Notes brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Do yourself a favor, Freak Nation. Go to GeneralTire.com. Check out the righteous rubber for your righteous ride. A big old fat truck, an SUV. You should be rolling for safety and security on those General Tires. Crasher? NASCAR raced a virtual Dover this afternoon, and for the third time this season, virtual season, William Byron was the victor. Byron is clearly the best when it comes to iRacing. And even though today's race was caution-filled, he still had the best patience, yes, that matters, and then tire strategy to snag the win at the virtual mile. NASCAR made loads of news this week when they announced that they would return to real racing in two weeks. May 17th is the start date at Darlington. Of course, no fans in attendance. Believe it or not, they are not the first sport to get back to normal. WWE and UFC have already been doing so, but they are also not the first racing series either. Lucas Oil's late model series will be back in Wheatland, Missouri on May 11th, and even earlier on May 8th, you can watch the World of Outlaws return at Knoxville, Iowa. Part-time real-world racer for Roger Penske, Scott McLaughlin, won an improbable IndyCar Challenge race at the virtual Indianapolis Motor Speedway on Saturday, and it was epic. With just two turns to go in the entire race, the top four were Marcus Erickson, Patricio Award, Oliver Askew, and Santino Ferrucci. None of them went on to win. Wow. Scott McLaughlin was in fifth, and Connor Daly was sixth. 
and after two wrecks and the final two turns, they found themselves 1-2 at the virtual Brickyard. Tempers flared at the end of the final virtual IndyCar event. Uh, do yourself a favor. Check out a few of the drivers' social accounts for some humor about the animosity. So IndyCar had the wackiest last lap. It was the first lap that was wacky in the F1 virtual GP that surprised everyone as pole sitter Stoffel Van Dorn crashed right off the line, allowing Alex Albon to take the lead into turn one ahead of Charles Leclerc. And then Albon just hammered it home in an epic back and forth battle with Leclerc to snag the win on the virtual Interlagos circuit. Lucas Oil has been frequently showcasing virtual races on their Facebook page. Friday night was the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series, where even NASCAR star Greg Biffle was behind the wheel. But those veterans on the real-world tracks had nothing on the younger gamers, most of all, including full-time off-road kart racer Luke Knupp, who was wheeling a virtual Pro 4 and crushed the competition. Oh, did I mention? He's 13 years old. And that 13-year-old Luke Knupp, he's next. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Freak Nation, for over 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your everywhere. From the aggressive Mud Terrain Grabber X3 to the all-terrain performance of the Grabber ATX, even to the strong and durable all-purpose terrain Grabber APX, General Tire balances excellent on-road performance with off-road capabilities designed for all weather conditions. Remember, with General Tire, anywhere is possible. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com. Car not performing right, a dirty fuel system damages gas mileage and even your engine over time, but Lucas Fuel Treatment can clean and lubricate that fuel system to fuel pump, fuel injectors, even carburetors and valves as you drive. It's designed to protect both gasoline and diesel engines. Lucas Fuel Treatment, it works. Hey, it's Crasher from the Freaks, and what if I told you the best burger you can buy to cook on your grill or stovetop? It was available in your favorite grocery store. Well, it is, and it's Bubba Burger. Just how awesome does a sweet onion Bubba Burger sound about now? Oh, my favorite, jalapeno burgers, Angus burgers, all natural Bubba Burgers. Watching your caloric intake? Then grab the reduced fat and the turkey Bubba Burgers, all in your local grocery store. When you need a delicious burger for your weekend cookout, the answer is Bubba Burger. You'll never bite a better burger than a Bubba. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality. 100% cotton available and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com and get awesome. Freak Nation, it's called No Kid Hungry, and that's what our friends at Lucas Oil would like to see happen during these times. No kid goes hungry. Many kids who got meals from their schools no longer have access due to school closures. So, Lucas Oil is donating a meal every time the No Kid Hungry post on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram is shared, along with the hashtag Lucas Oil Family. So go to the Lucas Oil social media pages, click share or retweet, and include the hashtag Lucas Oil Family, and Lucas Oil will donate a meal to No Kid Hungry. Got it? Let's do this. Mav TV, your destination for all things motorsports. TV home to all of the Lucas Oil Motorsports. Mav TV televises off-road, modifieds, motocross, pro polling, and world rally championships to name a few. Mav TV is also home to the favorite enthusiast shows 
such as My Classic Car, Chop Cut Rebuild, Full Custom Garage, Gears, and much more. MAV-TV is available nationwide on DirecTV, Verizon, and on most cable providers. Visit MAVTV.com for more racing information and to demand your MAV-TV. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night to Lucas Oil Studios, Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent, the website, speedfreaks.tv, and of course, all those social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Speed Freaks. Thank you guys for being a part of this big old thing. Coming up in about 15, 20 minutes, Will Purdue. Three of those four NBA championships that he won were, of course, with Michael Jordan and the Bulls. He has a lot of insight to the last dance, which, of course, you've been watching last three weeks on ESPN. Uh, all 13 years and almost 14 years of him, Luke Nupp joining us here in the Freak Nation. This guy won the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series eSports event from the virtual Wild Horse Pass in Arizona. It's part of the Geico Off-Road Nationals presented by General Tire on Lucas Oil eSports. And, Luke, it's, uh, it's crazy to think about this. Here you are, 13 years old, putting a beat down on young men and women that are maybe twice or even three times your age. How did you get so dang good at esports? Um, you know, I've just been um, practicing a lot. I've had the simulator for over a year and a half now, and um, just put the practice in. Um, I got invited to this a couple weeks ago and um, just put practice in, like I said. And me and my teammate Ethan were just putting laps down. I think we put over a thousand laps down this week, and it's been crazy. <laughs> but I'm glad we got the win. You you put in a thousand laps over the week prior to this race. What the hell else you been doing? <laughs> nope, I can't really do anything else. But today I was I've been off the sim, just trying to take a break. I was out in the shop helping my dad today, get all the trucks prepped for hopefully best in the desert coming back up soon. Well, you talk about in the shop with your old man. Is your is your dad part of uh, desert racing? Yeah, I guess so. Um, um, he's. He doesn't race anymore. He just he preps for um, one of my sponsors, Travis Williams, um, uh, who has a 6100 and the Best in the Desert Series now. But um, yeah, he's he's a great prep guy. He's a great dad. He's a great mentor. I'm glad to have him. Luke Nupp takes the Lucas Oil Off Road Racing Series win, Wild Horse Pass Friday night. Luke, at 13 years old, you ought to be good at this computer stuff. At least that's the stereotype. We think of 13 year olds really being good in computers. But what is it about the real world of off road racing that attracts you when you've got all these guys that are older than your dad, probably, you're racing against? Um, just the adrenaline rush um, that there's the 20 or 30 minutes that you're in the seat just banging doors, going over jumps, going 70 miles per hour. But it's just really fun battling with your buddies for, like I said, 20 to 30 minutes. And it's just a huge adrenaline rush that I just love. Luke, not mostly what you're doing in the real world is racing in carts. You were racing trucks in the virtual race Friday. Did you need a lot of adjustment in your driving style to get used to racing these trucks virtually or not so much? 
Um, yeah, the bigger suspension for sure. Um, the more power, but um, not really actually. Just my mod cart is kind of the same to be honest. Um, but just less power and less four wheel or not four wheel drive. And then when it comes to off road racing, it just it's a little bit more foreign to my mind and maybe other people that are listening. I could see practicing on an asphalt track, whether it's an oval or a road course, because conditions are typically the same. But on a dirt track, conditions change. That track changes, whether someone creates a bigger rut or it's just the the overall consistent drive over a certain part that just makes divots deeper. So how do you truly practice virtual racing? (laughs) That's a great question. But um, (laughs) to be honest, I can't really – you just – put a lot of laps down and once you get the track to where kind of like it was in the end of the race where you just had to basically park it in the corners and drive off is the only fast way around you couldn't really turn and throw it in um but it got so blue groove that you just couldn't drive it basically but um i was just smooth with my hands um i guess (laughs) but um just practice basically luke nup Luke Nup racing. Luke, you were racing against some grown men who wanted to win as much as anything, even on this computer in the virtual world. You get jacked up to race against them just like you do against some of the people your own age when you're racing your cart? Yeah, almost. It's actually the same, almost even more, to be honest. It's weird how it gets you, but um, it's just like I said, the adrenaline rush, and it's crazy. You get all into it, and the sim racing is so close to real life and you're just driving, you're throwing it in, you're jumping, you're banging doors, you're flipping. It's, it's awesome. Were you sweating? Yes, I was. <laughs> we've asked, no, seriously though, we've asked NASCAR virtual drivers, IndyCar virtual drivers, and yes, everyone is breaking a sweat. So that just tells me how much you guys are focused and so just into the moment that yes, it, your body, at least your mind thinks that it is real. And that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like I said, the adrenaline rush, and it's so amazing to, the way virtual racing has come now that it's basically the same thing. It's just you're in your house, and you are not you don't have to pay a dime. Now, Luke, you've said you've had your rig for about a year now. How many times have you updated it? A, a big thing since we've all been in quarantine or lockdown or stay-at-home orders is hearing about all these guys who – Never had rigs before, but all of a sudden all these series are online for people to do since we're all at home, and they've been updating almost every week, doing you know certain modifications, building different TV screens. What have you done through the year that you've had your rig to make it as good as it could possibly be? Um, really nothing except I got a new wheel, a pedal, a uh, handbrake. Um, a couple months ago, actually, I switched from a Logitech to a Fanatec, and it's been a great help. It's more realistic. It has the same exact wheel as my cart does, and hmm. it's a great tool. If you look at the lineup in this race, you're beating the likes of former big-time NASCAR star Greg Biffle. You got uh, Adrian Cheney, who, of course, has had his share of wins in Pro 4 in the Lucas Oil Off-Road Racing Series. Uh, do you quietly shut the door and start screaming like you put a beat down on these dudes that are big-time <laughs> and famous? Yeah, I was I was on such a high note last night. It was crazy. But you can ask my mom and dad. I was just pumped up the whole night. Like, 
I was saying to my buddies after the race, I just beat Greg Biffle. <laughs> I don't know if much people can say that. <laughs> yes! Because you, awesome. you, you look at the younger guys in this race, uh, Sheldon Creed's part of it, and I, which I'm sure he's got some good seat time in eSports. Uh, you, guys have, you guys have something over these older dudes, don't you? Yeah, it's crazy the new generation, how fast these guys are. Like you said, Sheldon Creed, he's been one of my good buddies throughout the years. Um, we used to race short course together, and now he's up in NASCAR. It's crazy how short course can develop NASCAR drivers like today, and um, it definitely shows what off-road racing can do. Do you have aspirations to go elsewhere besides dirt racing or just stay in the dirt? Because, I mean, you can make a lucrative career, whether it's in the desert or with short course as well. Yeah, I would definitely like to expand, go to asphalt one day. I really love asphalt. I go kart a lot. Um, and it would be really fun to maybe get into a legend and then um, try and get up to NASCAR one day. I'm sure you've watched some of the IndyCar racing and, of course, some of the racing with the NASCAR Cup Series. Can you compare the two just visually looking at those things compared to what you did uh, Friday night in the Lucas Oil Esports Off-Road Racing Series versus what these guys are doing in IndyCar in the NASCAR Cup Series? Yeah, it's almost the same level of competition, the same amount of drivers, the, the adrenaline rush, the, the sweating. <laughs> it's, it's like real life. It's crazy. Well, you know, Jimmy Johnson, he got his start in off-road. Kyle Busch and Kurt Busch have had their share of off-road races. Wouldn't you like to get those Robbie guys? Robbie Gordon. Robbie yeah. Gordon. Wouldn't you like to get those guys in an eSport with an iRacing, a sim racing event, and beat their ass? Yeah, I would love to, actually. Um, I actually reached out to Jimmy one day because, actually, my title sponsor, Ultra Wheels, used to be one of his big sponsors back in the short course days. Um, I reached out to him and saying we because I'm a part of a league in the short course, and um, we said we would love to have him in there. And he didn't get back to me, but um, hopefully one day he sees that message and tries it out. Uh-huh. Let's see if we can work on that for I you, buddy, to, to get like... uh, the seven-time NASCAR Cup champion part of your uh, your racing series, all right? Yeah. Where did you reach out to him? Instagram. Okay. Bam. Okay. We'll, we'll see if we can slide a little note in. Luke Nup, 13 going on 40 years old. Joining us here, the Freak Nation, Friday night winner from the Lucas Oil Esports Off-Road Racing Series, of course, at Wild Horse Pass Motorsports Park, the virtual race. Luke, good luck to you, buddy. This was a pleasure getting you in the Freak Nation, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We hope to be having you a heck of a lot more, too. Let's get some real dirt wins, right? Yeah. Thank you, Luke. Yep, thank you, guys. Sweet. Yeah, Crasher, 13 years old, going on 14, putting a beat down on... A guy that many people know in racing, Greg Biffle, uh, Adrian Cheney, who's had his share of wins in the Lucas Oil Arbor Racing Series Pro 4 class. That's a big deal for a 13-year-old to race against maybe his idols or maybe his dad's idols. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. And to see people in the comment section of the Lucas Oil page on Facebook, to see them just totally going nuts for him, because they know how big this is, too. It might, to some people, just seem like, eh, it's a video game. It's a virtual game. It's not real. Uh, actually, it is. 
look, he just interviewed with us. He's interviewing with other people because he's the winner from this weekend's off-road race. Virtual or not, a win is a win. So, yeah, huge deal. Uh, NASCAR with the virtual racing and now NASCAR with, well, let's just say, uh, in a couple of weeks, they hope to be back in those cup cars, those Xfinity cars in the NASCAR Truck Series. Actual racing coming forward, and we're going to check in with Las Vegas. And an opportunity for those who've been wanting to wager. And, yeah, you could do it on NASCAR. We explain next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Hole Studios. Good evening, my fellow citizens. To provide guidance to mankind. It's so sad to read reports of the NASCAR plans to resume racing May 17th at Darlington. There was some thought that the races would run pit stop free, but apparently not only will there be pit stops, but the races could be run at full distance. There's even talk that the Coca-Cola 600 will run to term. Some of those races drone on for five hours or more. According to Racer.com, the one concession to cutting back on the race weekend is to drop practice and qualifying for the first few races. That would make the early events one-day shows with no fans. Of course, these early leaks may be trial balloons designed to test reactions from government officials, broadcasters, and fans. Few care what I think, but these early reports are, in a word, disappointing. Peace. Motorsports Radio, redefined.
Las Vegas power brokers have his hotline. Gambling whales buy him highballs. And when he speaks, the NFL, NBA, UFC, and big boy baseball executives listen. From a Las Vegas penthouse to be named later, it's the Freak Sim City Insider to all things numbers. Because Freak Nation plays the ponies. And they're out. Looks like an ice cream start. It's Vegas Runner, now with Kenny and Crash. All right, Vegas, there is some action that I want to talk to you about, but quickly. Well, I don't know if there's any kind of quick way around this, but I I had forgotten that Carolyn Goodman was the mayor of Las Vegas, and I know the history of, of really her family, or her I should say former mayor and her husband, Oscar Goodman, and what he's meant to Las Vegas. But when she came out with those remarks about Las Vegas, first of all, I looked at her and thought, there's not a better person – that could misrepresent Las Vegas. What is a what is a Las Vegas? What are you, a Las Vegan? What are you? I, I don't know. That's a great question. <laughs> Las Vegan born here. I don't know if we're called Las Vegans or Las Vegans. Hey, how did how did Las Vegas take Mayor Goodman's remarks in regards to opening up Las Vegas? Extremely disappointed out here of her showing on Anderson Cooper. First and foremost. You gotta be prepared. I mean, if you're going on national TV on CNN and you're gonna be asked about questions that you should know ahead of time pretty much what they're gonna ask, how your staff didn't prepare you for that is just shocking to most. But more importantly, it was just a terrible representation of our city and the people of our city. And the only reason she's the mayor is because of who her husband is. I mean, Oscar Goodman, a lot of people don't know his history. He's from Philadelphia, where I am, um, where I'm from. He was well-known there because his history was as an excellent defense attorney defending some of the most notorious and well-known gangsters of all time. I mean, in Philadelphia, um, he was defending Nicky Scarfo and, and his nephew, Phil Leonetti, who are infamous. Um, then he came out here to Vegas, and he went on to defend um, Tony Spilatro, who you saw as Joe Pesci on Casino. Um, he, he defended Frank Rosenthal, who De Niro played. He even defended Meyer Lansky and Herbie Blintstein, you know, longtime gangsters. Um, yeah, and he was so beloved as a mayor that he served from, I think, 1999 to around 2011, three terms, and he just backed off. I don't know if they could keep running, but he would have kept winning. There were five opponents against him in his second and third terms, um, and he managed to still get 80 to 85% of the vote. So he was beloved in this city, and I think it was simply a case of we want Oscar Goodman still running our city, and... Why not take the wife? I, at least I think that's what everyone was hoping for. Um, and we just got used to it. But I, I, it would be extremely difficult to see her winning a, a reelection after that. I mean, even her supporters, it'll be pretty difficult to, to back that showing up. I mean, personally, again, I'm not a political guy, but I was just surprised how you could go on and be so unprepared. 
at Greek underscore gambler. Fantastic insight to not just gambling Las Vegas, but the history. Vegas runner joining us here in the Freak Nation. 249 is still on. Uh, how are you looking at this? It is happening, Kenny and Crash. I'm going full speed ahead. I believe this one's going down. We have a commission backing it up. We have a governor and state welcoming it. And we have three events planned over eight days. So plenty to look forward to next weekend um, with UFC 249 kicking off next Saturday. Personally, I've already placed six bets on that card, Um, so I'm extremely excited for it. Again, I haven't had action since the draft, and and the NFL draft was was really good for me um, and most sharp bettors, and the books loved the draft because it was the most heavily bet draft, and more importantly, there was such an influx of casual bettors. We saw with the ratings, over 55 million people watched the draft. That's unheard. But again, there's nothing to really compete against. And more importantly, there was betting on it. So you saw when there was betting action, people tuned in, people bet it. And I think the UFC is going to attract the exact same thing over that eight-day period. What about car racing? Because NASCAR has announced that they are coming back. Does that interest you at all now that we're finally off of the video game part of things? Or is it, again, just... It's a a niche sport that requires maybe a little bit of inside information. That's a great question. No, it, it, it isn't. And, and here's the difference that w- with horse racing, it's the hold is real high, meaning for, you know, out of every dollar you bet, the track's going to keep 30 to 40 cents of that. So it's hard to overcome that when you're being charged, you know, 30%. To play, yeah, that's the, the price of admission. It's, it's very hard to overcome that. With, with NASCAR, with even NFL, with other sports, the hold is very low. It becomes beatable because the market isn't as efficient as other markets may be. A, because, again, it is a niche sport, so you have more casual fans betting into it. You don't have the sharp money that may be in some of the other sports. So I think there's great opportunity for us to make money in a sport like NASCAR. In fact, that's what I urge new novice bettors, younger bettors that are breaking into the game. If you want to actually make money betting sports and you don't have the resources, you don't have access to tons of information, your best bet is to look into those smaller markets, NASCAR, MMA, um, golf even here in the U.S. Those type of sports that the markets are less liquid is going to attract less sharp action because those betting syndicates aren't going to put in all that work, gather in all that information, and then not be able to get a lot of money down. Hmm. So they just avoid them for the most part. And that's the kind of market a, a, a recreational better has a shot in. So I, I urge people that, you know, I, I know we love watching Monday Night Football and having action on it, but rest assured, those are the most difficult 
sports to turn a profit and beat the books on. That's why they're willing to, to take such big bets on. They're extremely confident that they have an edge over you. But in those other sports where they have small limits, that's because their edge isn't as great. So, yeah, I'm not to go on that rant. I'm ex- I hope NASCAR comes back quickly. Um, and I, I'll get involved immediately because I think the opportunities will be there. Uh, again, whoever returns is going to offer us betters opportunities. Well, we'll just give you a little heads up. May 17th, NASCAR is back at the actual racetrack in Darlington, and I'd say Toyotas, Toyotas, Toyotas. Kyle Busch. That's what I want to hear. (laughs) (laughs) Toyota. Vegas runner at Greek underscore gambler. Always fantastic. Thanks for having me, guys. And coming up next with Michael Jordan and the Bulls in that last dance documentary being the most freaking popular show on television as we speak. We're going to bring back Will Perdue. Three of his four champions were with the Bulls. And Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, a former Superbike team owner. That's right. Will Perdue next. Speed Freaks Pits and the Lucas Oil Studio. Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio. Redefined. It's more than just a slogan. Anywhere is possible with General Tire. General Tire's Grabber X3 Mud Terrain Tire offers aggressive styling and is engineered for durability with innovative performance features that are ready to carry you through extreme mud and rock-covered terrain. For extreme traction that's ready for anything and rugged styling to match, look no further than the Grabber X3. Make your anywhere possible by visiting GeneralTire.com today. That's GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Introducing Lucas Oil Racing TV, your exclusive unlimited 24-7 motorsports app. Now you can watch all your favorite motorsports anytime, anywhere. Get the finest in grassroots racing, national events, live coverage, behind-the-scenes action, and interviews you won't see anywhere else. There's also automotive how-to shows and some of motorsports' biggest names like Dave Disbane, hosting the legends and current superstars of racing. For more information, visit lucasoilracing.tv. Lucas Oil Racing TV. Grab it and hold on tight. The Coxville Blockers, the Albuquerque Chupacabras, and the Arizona Pricks? Yeah, we got your attention now, don't we? These aren't real sports teams, but they are some of the most creative and funny sports logo t-shirts from awesome sports logos. Each team has a history and a meaning behind it, like the Akron Rubbers, the Boston Accents, or the Cape Cod Scrod. And these t-shirts are awesome, made with the highest quality, 100% cotton available, and are just stupid soft. Grab your favorite city's t-shirt now at awesomesportslogos.com and get awesome. Hey, you want the easiest car care ever, right? There's a couple Lucas Oil products you got to get your hands on. One, Lucas Slick Mist Fast and Easy Speed Wax. Two, Tire and Trim Shine. And three, Interior Detailer. It's better than anything on the market, so this is what you do. You spray the speed wax on a wet or dry surface, you wipe it off, and you're done. You think you can handle that? Lucas Interior Detailer rejuvenates interiors, and Lucas Tires and Trim Shine does wonders on tires and wheels. Lucas Slick Mist. It's easy. It works. Go to lucasoil.com for more information. Freak Nation, for over 100 years, General Tire has provided tires for your lifestyle, your adventure, your everywhere. From the aggressive mud terrain Grabber X3 to the all-terrain performance of the Grabber ATX, even to the strong and durable all-purpose terrain Grabber APX, General Tire balances excellent on-road performance with off-road capabilities designed for all weather conditions. Remember, with General Tire, anywhere is possible. For more information, drive over to GeneralTire.com. 
Want to bring racing technology into your driveway? Lucas High Performance Motor Oil is advanced race engine technology for everyday cars and trucks. It reduces friction heat and coats your engine with a tougher, longer-lasting oil film for maximum protection. Lucas High Performance Motor Oil cools and cleans your engine and protects against sludge buildup from everyday stop-and-go driving. Lucas High Performance Motor Oil is made in America and sold to the world. It works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. His name is Will Purdue, NBA champion four times over, three of those NBA champions. And can we just start this off? Is Isaiah Thomas the king of ass hattery? Hold on a second. Let me get my dictionary. Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> <laughs> it's this, the Sergeant Volume 4 dictionary. Is he the president of the Freaks Douche Canoe? Oh. Well, I don't know how to... Is he not, like, making things worse by literally campaigning on every form of uh, every media outlet out there about what and why and how he did what he did? Dude, we get it. You made a mistake. Just admit you made a mistake. Don't try to blame it on the Celtics. Come on, they did it to us. How petty is that? They did it to us, so we did it to them. Come on, man. I get, hey, listen, I I can't sit here and throw rocks. I live in a glass house. I've made huge mistakes as a player, as a, uh, a husband, as a father. But sometimes you just got to own your mistakes and just say, hey, we made a mistake. We didn't do the right thing. You know, you just, I know it's, it's in my opinion, it was still classless. It's not something you should have done especially when you had to walk right in front of our bench. I mean, come on, man. It's just, I get it, but it's, I feel like he's actually doing more damage to his reputation than he is good by trying to explain himself. He's just like backpedaling. And it's, you know, as I say, he has one foot in the grave and one foot on a banana peel. (laughs) Burying himself. Will Purdue, four-time NBA champion. Again, three of those with the Bulls and Michael Jordan as we're talking about the last dance. We're talking about Isaiah Thomas making excuses for why, again, the Pistons didn't shake the hands of that ass-kicking that the Bulls put on them. Kind of roll me through that. It's unfortunate that's the highlight from the last couple of shows. But run me through that, Uh, Will. Was this... uh, obvious as it was happening that these bastards are not going to shake our hands after we just beat their butt? Well, we quite honestly, I mean, you can tell as they walk by us. I mean, we're stunned. Hmm. You know, I, we're just like, what are they doing? And, you know, it's one of those things you think about hindsight 2020. I wish I would have been like cognizant to step in front of one of them and be like, where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> so where he, it even made it more obvious that if they had to go to their locker room, which was right in front of our bench, they would have had to walk, literally now walk around us like you dropped a roadblock in front of somebody. But I, I think it was just totally unexpected. It was something that we didn't think they were going to do. But let me also make something very clear. 
I know that as you know, we've been talking about this since the last uh, episodes three and four. People look at it and they're like, man, they kicked the the Pistons' ass. They beat them four zero. All those games were rough, man. They were tough. They were hard fought games. It wasn't like we beat them by twenty every game. It's just that we found a way to win at the end of every game. So it looks, I think that it looks worse than it was because they didn't even win a game. It was 4-0, but it's because we figured out how to win. They taught us a lot of lessons. In 89, they were better. In 90, we thought maybe we were better on paper, but we still weren't good enough to beat them. Now, we can say, hey, if Scotty Migraine didn't have a headache, Scotty didn't have a headache. Scotty Pippen didn't have a migraine. Finally got that straight. <laughs> Maybe we would have won. Well, if, if ifs and buts were candy and nuts, we'd all be happy at Christmas. I mean, there's all you always have to face adversity. And who knows, even if he did play, if we would have won or not. So, you know, we let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about the fact that, you know, from the time we walked off that floor in ninety till the time we faced him again in the playoffs in ninety one. We had busted our ass. I remember talking to B.J. Armstrong. I had him on a podcast here in Chicago. And B.J., you know, and that's the other thing about this Last Dance series. It's, it's bringing back, you know, waves of emotions and stories and stuff that we had kind of forgot about. Um, not intentionally, but just, you know, it just happens because you're not dealing with it every day or you don't think about it every day. But B.J. talked about how literally we were back in the gym, back in the weight room immediately. Now, when I say immediately, I don't mean the next day, but usually when the season is over, we take four to six weeks off to heal the body, to heal the mind, to remove yourself from the game. I think, I think we basically had like a two-week window, and we're like, all right, man, we're ready. We're back. We're focused. We know what we have to do. We still have improvement to make. We still need to step up to the plate. You know, we let each other down. And that, because of the Pistons, we unified as a team. But I, to fast forward, I think that they were so stunned. It was so un, unexpected for them. Even when we had them down 3-0, I still think that they believed that they could come back and win the series. But to not win a single game and to go out that way, I think was disrespectful to us, regardless of what the Celtics did to them. But you could see the, the astonishment of our on our faces. And... That's just, I'm sorry, that's, that's just not the way I was brought up. And I would find it hard to believe that you would find somebody as a parent. And you, you guys are parents. Would you tell your kid, that's how you do it. That's how you handle it. That's class right there. That's respect. I don't think so. No, not, not in the slightest. But it's almost like it's more of that carryover of the bad boys mentality and, and that that branding that they were so big on. And again, it's not right, but they were just furthering the brand. Well, you're exactly right. And Isaiah tried to use that as an excuse. Well, mm-hmm. they were disrespectful to us. They were disrespectful to the city, how they're talking about this. No, you guys started it. And then you guys personified it. You and the city of Detroit became the bad boys. You guys have a banner. That doesn't just say championship. Next to the championship banner is a sign that says bad boys. Wow. You know? So that's what you guys were. That's how you guys decided to to sell it. That's how you guys decided to live it. So you lived up to it. 
But this is also the ramifications of living up to it. Who else tried to become the bad boy? A Darth Vader. LeBron James. Look what happened to him when he went to Miami. He got vilified. So what did he talk about? I tried to become the villain. I tried to live that life. I tried to be the bad guy. I got crucified. I couldn't do it. It wasn't fair. That's not me. So you got to be careful. You know, you can't play both sides of the street. You got to pick a side and stay on it. And sometimes you realize when you pick a side of the street, you make a mistake. So you accept your mistakes, apologize for it, and cross to the other side of the street. Will Purdue joining us here in the Freak Nation. Of course, we're talking about The Last Dance. And in Episodes 3 and 4, Will Purdue is there. And you just referenced the emotions that, that this Last Dance is bringing back with you. Can you describe some of your positive or negative or just outlandish emotions that you are personally experiencing right now? Well, I mean, it's all been positive, quite honestly. Um, you know, everybody's like, what, what was true and what was false? I mean, for the most part, I think they've been very accurate on not only how they're portraying Michael, but just everything involved, the, the drama, the tension. Um, you know, I, I would say the tension aspect is a little more magnified because of, you know, how they're presenting this. But there was always drama. There was always adversity. There was always something going on. But... You know, I've told this story a couple times. Um, so last week in episodes three and four, I got to watch it with my son, who's 16. And he's been asking me ever since this, you know, they dropped the teaser last year. He's like, Dad, are you in this? Dad, are you in this? Are you going to be in this? Am I going to see you? You know, because unfortunately, you know, my son never got to see me play in person. You know, so he's seen... YouTube videos and classic games on NBA TV. And, you know, I always joke that at this point now, more kids know me because I'm on that play NBA 2K than actually know that I was a player. <laughs> so as this thing was being played, and I, I honestly, I don't know. I haven't uh, previewed any of these episodes. I just said, you know what, I'm going to watch it just like everybody else every yeah. Sunday and kind of relish as I'm watching it. And we're kind of watching it. And I'm kind of keeping an eye on him, you know, like most kids, he's, he's kind of in it. He's looking at his phone. He's kind of in it. He's looking at his phone. <laughs> All of a sudden I pop up and they, you know, I'm answering a question in the interview and he sits up and I kind of look over at him and he's just kind of smiling. And so, Aww. you know, there was some justification as a father to be like, yeah, I'm in it. Thank God. I, was, I did that two hours of interviews and they used the cut of it. I was afraid it was all going to end up on the cutting room floor, but you know, the one comment that I mentioned about MJ was is that, you know, the, the, the emotions that we normally saw out of MJ were anger, frustration, uh, disgust, because, you know, we weren't able to get over that mountain. Not necessarily that he was so much disrespectful, but that's just how competitive he was. So when I mentioned about how he's bawling in the locker room with, the tr you know, hugging the trophy and his dad on his left, but also if you look in the reflection of the Larry O'Brien trophy – You'll also see his wife at the time, Juanita, was in the locker room as well. But we were just as surprised as everybody else because he always came across as a hard-ass, the ultimate competitor, the warrior. But let's also be honest, John Paxson, Bill Cartwright, Cliff Levingston, guys that were older had you know put in their time in the league that had never won a championship. They were just as emotional. And, you know, I was kind of like one of the, the gifs that you see on – 
on uh, Twitter. I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> kind of the the whole thing of us winning that first championship and Michael crying and you know I kind of teared up a little bit because it just it was also a reminder of how much work we actually put in how hard that was and I always try to tell people they always are like you know Michael is the guy but I don't think people realized how hard he practiced I know they hear the stories about how much of a competitor he was but to stay on top for that long how difficult that is and for the Bulls as an organization to win six championships over an eight-year period, it, it, and what the Patriots have done. It's just these things are very difficult, and it, it takes it out of you, both physically, emotionally, mentally, and that's, that's the true definition of sacrifice for the better good of the team. There's a debate out there, and it's still going on, and it'll go on until we crap the bed, that Michael Jordan either could or couldn't have won those championships with Scottie Pippen. Where does Will Perdue stand on that and the and the importance of role players with Michael Jordan in those championship years? Well, I'm on board. I, I think and I think Michael gives Scottie justice saying you can't mention Michael Jordan in championships without mentioning Scottie Pippen. Um, I know for some people this may be blasphemy, but right now in Chicago, they're showing every game, every playoff game, on NBC Sports Chicago from 97-98 season, the last dance. And what we're doing with NBC Sports Chicago is we're doing a post-game show for every clincher. So we already did a post-game show for game three against uh, the New Jersey Nets at the time. They won, they swept in 3-0. We just did a post-game show for uh, their series against the Charlotte Hornets. They went 4-1. And I've even mentioned, if you go back and look at that, Michael's obviously the best player, the best scorer. But go back and look at Scottie Pippen's numbers. In game five against the Charlotte Hornets, he basically plays every, every minute. Now, to be exact, he plays 47 minutes and 48 seconds of that clinching game in Charlotte. Or maybe it was in Chicago, I can't remember. But he had 16 points. I think seven rebounds, six assists, five steals, zero turnovers. I know people want to talk about how good Michael was, and I know Scotty is a top 50 player of all time. But Michael helped make and mold Scotty because he realized that if I'm going to do this, I need Scotty to be there with me. And there's that part about how Michael is like, I'm. He's talking to Scotty and telling Scotty, I'm there for you, man, but I need you to fight with me. I need you to fight for me. And that's when you saw the emergence of Scotty Pippen. He was already coming along. We as teammates knew he had the skill set because we saw some stuff he did in practice. But I think that's when people finally realized who he was. And I think that without Scotty, you would have had to have a player as good as or better than Scotty for the Bulls to win those cha- or in this case Michael Jordan to win those championships. But speaking about discipline and on-court stuff exclusively, Michael Jordan in my opinion after watching episodes 3 and 4, he also helped to mold Dennis Rodman. I mean, everything off the court aside, that guy, I had no idea how much of a study he was on other players. Oh yeah, I mean, listen. Fortunately for Dennis People want to focus on the antics, the off-court stuff. Uh, that's on him. 
And unfortunately, because he decided to go that route, and you can give Madonna a lot of credit for that, <laughs> that's what people want to focus on. Mm-hmm. I imagine that probably aggravates the crap out of him. Because look how that kind of molded him as a person, unfortunately. But the one thing was, though, when you talk to anybody that played with him, I was traded for him, never played with him. The guys in San Antonio talk about how good of a teammate he was. They talk about how disciplined he was, about how he took care of his body and how he focused. Now, I see you you see a lot of the stuff about partying and drinking. And, yeah, he went off the deep end. But there were a lot of factors that contributed to that. But Dennis Rodman, the basketball player, oh, he studied opponents. He studied his – I mean, he knew his own teammates. He knew the opponents. You don't just become a great rebounder and defender and an all-around player. I mean, he could have been a much better scorer on athletic ability. You've got to put in the time. You've got to watch the film. You know, it's just hours and hours of repetition, but also watch the film. Talk about what you do wrong. Show what you do right, but go back and look at your opponents. Read the scouting report. You have to invest the time. As a basketball player, his IQ was off the chart. Telling you, Freak Nation, the lessons that we learned from Will Purdue, four-time NBA champion, three of those, as you heard, with Michael Jordan and the Bulls, absolutely bonkers. Statman, you're Isaiah Thomas <laughs> fan. I need to get the hell out of here, Statman. <laughs> yeah. Remember to shoot the juice to the moose and Statman. Cut it loose. Yeah. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.